Hello and welcome to the second episode of For Toxic with Lewis Dandria. I want to thank everyone so far for listening to the first episode. I got a lot of response and a lot of great feedback, so thanks very much for that. If you know anyone who does have an interesting story, or maybe you want to talk as well, get me a message on Facebook, open to suggestions. Today we are joined by the eighth, with the eighth Dan, multiple gold European champion, multiple gold world champion, Karate Scotland Hall of Famer, coach, Olympic torch bearer, MBE, David Coulter. How are we doing? I'm doing great, Lewis. Thanks very much for inviting me on to your podcast. It's, it's a pleasure to come along and speak to you today. Oh, thanks very much. Honestly, when I, when I asked you and you said aye, it was a great, honestly, thanks very much for this. You've got a, a great career, an absolute inspiration, and basically, I want to talk to you. Absolutely amazing. So let's... Let's start from the beginning. Okay. Where did you grow up? Uh, well, first of all, I grew up probably in Rickerton. That's where my family actually came from. My mum and dad had a wee flat down there. Uh, probably people in command don't know, Lindy's Knackers Yard. We had a wee flat up on the top of there. And then we moved to Short Lees. Uh, so basically, I sh- Rickerton first, then Short Lees. Short Lees, eh? What was your family like for the... What did they do? Uh, my dad was a painter and decorator in BNK. All right. He worked in the maintenance department doing all the sort of paint work there. My mum was uh, an ironer in the well-done cleaners in Kilmarnock. Right. So she'd done the island for the, for the cleaning place. Uh, so more or less a working-class family that they just worked. Just worked? Yeah. So what was life like for you growing up? What... Uh, it was pretty good. I wasn't rich. Nenos were rich. Never the telly, never the telephone, never the the double glazing like we have in the modern days. This <laughs> this time it was freezing. Uh-huh. Uh, but me and my sister, we, were, we grew up with the family. Plenty of holidays going to Blackpool, which is uh, the done place at that time going mm-hmm. to Blackpool. Uh-huh. Uh, so. So you used to have the one sister. One sister, and I've actually got a stepsister. My mum was married before, so. She was English, moved up here with my dad Right. after the war. And then I never seen my stepsister. That was a wee bit of a shame that I never grew up with her. So mm-hmm. I missed it in that a wee bit. But me and my sister, yeah, two of us grew up. Good relationship, eh? Well, <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> something. You know what it's like with siblings, oh, definitely. you know. Definitely. Yeah, with wee arguments, but on the whole, no. Mm. Grew up really good my style. Meet each other for a wee coffee. We've got a Greg's in here. Oh, I like so a Greg's. So if you want to join us in a Greg's, you can come here. I'm a connoisseur in Greg's. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely love it. I should have a wee gold card. Uh, so, so what was your interest growing up? Before you discovered Kratty, what, what did you like? What, what was it you liked? Uh, I wasn't really keen in sport, to tell you the truth. Really? No. That's no. quite surprising. Not even football, you, nothing like that. No. Football, we, we dabbled with it. We played a like normally street kids you know playing at that then if Wimbledon came along we'd get the tennis rackets out and played a wee bit of Wimbledon yeah but my main my main thing was probably swimming 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 I my dad took me and learned me how to swim so yeah diving off the boards and all come on at bass was was a favourite of mine going to the bass yeah but then I had a wee ear infection and then it went 
escalated into an operation, then it had an abnormal operation, so that bit paid to my swimming. Uh, I never really fun karate until I was about 14 or 15. But when we played with the guys in the street, one of the guys' brothers had a book in jiu-jitsu, and I'm going, what's that, you know what I mean? It's like an old book in jiu-jitsu. So I actually fancied that, but there's no jiu-jitsu clubs about, and there's no karate really at that time. I think, was it just maybe boxing, mainly? There was boxing. This was before when I, I got to know your dad, you know? <laughs> uh, but uh, boxing was there, plenty of football, the judo. But what happened with me getting into karate was the, I had a mate at the time, and he says, do you fancy going to see the judo? And I always fancied maybe doing a wee bit, like I said to you about the jiu-jitsu. So he walks into the, the judo club. All these guys are sitting about, and I think they went to the radios and writing off. All older guys and I was, I was about 14, 15 at the time. Maybe just turning 15. And he says, there's a karate club room there, why not go and see that? So me and him went round there and that was that. I was hooked. That was it. And so the first first person I see going in the door is John Kerr, John Kerr. Dominic Dendria, <laughs> and a few other ones. Okay, and then I was hooked. That was me hooked in the karate. Aye. So you're obviously you're hooked. So what was your thoughts? The thoughts and the opinion at the beginning, like you saw these disciplines. You saw. Oh, I liked the discipline actually. The discipline was it was good for me. When I was a kid, I was in. A, I was in the wild, but I sort of maybe strayed a wee bit back and forth, but nothing, nothing really bad. But this one was really good for me. I liked that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, were you open? Well, not open, but were you accepted when you walked into the, the yeah. dojo with everyone? Yeah. Obviously, the guys pointed in their direction and a bit of judo. You know, John Kerr, you know, ah. John Kerr for your dad. John was a, was a gentleman, he was the first sort of one and he used to do judo then he get hooked in the karate cell and then he sort of pioneered the karate and, and, and come on and then when he moved out of that then your, your dad took over and, and took the, the training then. So what club was that? That oh, was the, the Kisan. Kisan? Kisan Karate Club, yeah I think I'd been there for the, the 60s. Right. So I went and I started in 69 and there. No, it was, a, it was a great club. I really enjoyed it, and as I say, the guys were brand new years. So what age were you when you started? I was about, just turning 16. 16? About 15, 16, yeah. Right. Uh, so, as a young boy, were you into a lot of bother? Were you, did you ever get into any fights when you were younger, before learning karate, or was no, it? not really. No. I one. <laughs> no the one the biggest one I got into was uh, I was actually getting bullied oh, really? a wee bit when I was younger. And my dad was quite a, not a disciplinarian, but he was, uh, he was quite quite tough, you know what I mean? He said, get back out there. And I, you know, I used to be greeting all that. So this day you just get fed up. And the boy that gave me a wee bit of a doing, a wee bit of a hard time, grabbed me by the neck and run me up the street to this guy's door and chapped the door and says, come on, come out. And me and him started fighting and rolling about the girl. After that, me and him was the best of pals. But that's the way it worked out. Oh, but, no, my dad, my dad put me on the right road. Got, got a lot to thank for my dad, you know. So, and obviously you joined Kratty 
and you started going through your grades. Mm-hmm. And what what is the grades? It's, what's it, why you... well, well, at that well, at that time, when when I took it up, there was white belt, three grades in green, three grades in brown, and then it was your black belt. Right. So and then they changed it. Then it's white, yellow, orange, green, blue, purple, brown, black. So. At that time, as I say, my first grade was green belt. Right. But it was just the way it was at that time. Mm. So when you got your first black belt, how did you feel? Uh, after after no getting it twice, I failed twice. So on my third right. time, I was really, really pleased. One of the, the big things in my life is get my black belt, because at that time... There wasn't a lot of black belts about, really, mm-hmm. so I was really pleased to get, get my black belt, yeah. So obviously before you got into karate, you must have been doing something else. What were you up to? Uh, I was doing a wee bit of going to the pub. <laughs> I don't tell that to a lot of people, no. so, so don't tell anybody. I was about to say, who but hesitant there, the answer? Hesitant, yeah, because everybody thinks, like, I don't drink anymore, but I had a wee bit of libation at the mm-hmm. Time, you know, I mean, like every young guy going to dancing, going to dancing, meeting my my future missus. Mm-hmm. Right, dancing, she's one of the inspirations of my life as well as for the karate too. Mm-hmm. And so I met her, going to dancing, going to the pub. Yeah. Just hesitating. I don't like to tell everybody what I was doing. No, 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 not at all. So, did you work or in that before? I worked. I worked in. Well, my first, my first love was I wanted to be an electrician. Electrician. Yeah, I wanted to be an electrician. So I, I done. Uh, I wasn't in very bright school, but I done the week in a test to get into the college, and I wanted to be an electrician, but I failed that one. And I passed the one to go to air to be a plumber. I didn't want to be a plumber. So then I took it in my own hands and I went and I tried to get a job in my own and I got a job up in Stuart at that time. It was a cooperage job there. And they promised me that I'd be an apprentice cooper, but I never transpired and I, I moved out of there. And my dad was a CT, earlier on was a, a painter in the BMK, so he got me a job in there as like a... a you service the looms, you give, give the looms what you cry the jute, the, all this stuff to make the carpets and that. So I stayed in there for about 13 years, I was in there, moving about. And that's, I moved two, three, four, five times I moved in there. And I was eventually an assistant weaver. Right. But then I get paid off. I get made redundant from BMK when it shut down. Right. So then I, I decided I had the day, I was doing the karate. Oh, main club and... Wait, when, when, when did you open your main club? 79. 79. 79, so at that, that time I had two kids. I had to do something, you know what I mean? I was on the brew, so I decided to try and make it a living. Mm-hmm. And it just sort of snowballed for that. It wasn't all roses at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's quite hard as my missus was working to keep me going, you know, because I was travelling a lot. I was I was actually doing a, a lot, a lot of travelling. For 70, 75, I was, like, travelling, like, eh, I was in America, I was in everywhere. 
I really rose with it, and she was one sort of keep me going with the, with the money she was working for. So as I mm. said, the, I've got a lot to to thank her for. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Well, like you say, inspiration yeah. comes in all shapes and forms. Inspiration is still there for her. Okay, we maybe don't like talking about it, but she's got dementia and she's yeah. in care, so yeah. I mean, yeah. but you so you started your own club, yeah. What did you call it? Sakai, Sakai, yeah. I, I moved when I was in the Kisan, as I said to you earlier on, I, I filled my black belt twice. And Tommy Morris, like for Glasgow, he was he was a main man because he was about the first black belt in Scotland. and me and one of the guys, we got asked, me and Ivy Rennie, I don't know if you heard of Ivy. No, Ivy, Ivy was one of the members in the Keysan as well, and we got asked to go and join the, the Kobe, so we went and joined the Kobe, which was the top club at the time. Then we got asked to make a, a satellite club down in Kamala, me and him out opened that new club. So it was Keysan, Kobe Asaka, and then as the time went on with the Kobe Asaka, I sort of, no fell out with Tommy Morris, but I, I didn't like the way it was going. So my missus says, why do you not open your new club? So uh, from there on, just just went up. What does Sakai mean? Sakai is a prefecture in Japan. It's like a, there's a city, there's a, an area. I actually go to, if you believe me, like I got a phone book. I went in the phone book. Sakai, that's it. It just stuck it to me. <laughs> It shows you. Then, then, I, then I sort of locked into it. There was a Sakai clan that was a big clan in Japan that was with the Tokugawa clan that, that was the, he was a, the head man of Tokugawa and they, they served the the emperor. Mm -hmm. So it's quite quite interesting. You know? it is, it's a striking name, Sakai. Yeah. It is, it's, it's, it's nice and short. Uh, I liked Kisan because it was nice and short and I liked Sakai because it was nice and short. Mm -hmm. I mean, none of these big long names. Did you learn Japanese? Domorogato. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Domorogato gozaimasa. So then, then all your all your commands, all your all your stuff is in Japanese, like with your terminology for your your students to pick it up. So it's like fencing. Fencing's got French, you know, I mean like epes and all that. We, we've got the Japanese. We cry over techniques Japanese. So you know, you're learning a bit of Japanese at the same time. Yeah, well, it's interesting for the kids as well. Oh, aye. yeah, because they learn a different language and they're yeah. enjoying themselves while doing it. Um, so did you spend time in Japan? I've been to Japan twice. I was there in 70, 77. Aye, 77, and then I went back again and as a coach in 80, I think it was 83, I think we were back in that. 93, sorry. 93, not 83. Yeah, I've been, been a couple of times. I'd like to go back again for a holiday because everybody says, uh, you must have loved Japan. Never seen any. I've just seen a stadium <laughs> and a hotel. As <laughs> well, I've never been, but you see videos of Tokyo and yeah, it's, it's, it's just a different place. Well, the city is like a say, but see, outside the city and, and the countryside is beautiful. Is it's all the culture country. still there? Is yeah, it? Ah, yeah, is there's it all the culture there. Aye. Clean as anything, you wouldn't get a bit of paper on the, the street, aye. so it's, it's an amazing place. Oh, if you get a chance, go. I was talking to someone a couple of months ago, him and his missus, they're away to 
uh, Japan the other day. A tour, I think it's a tour of Japan. Mm-hmm. And just what he, what he was describing to me, so this is describing to me, it was amazing. So right. I, I, when I, I do a lot of cooking, and I always feel Asia has the best spices mm-hmm. and the best ingredients. So I try, I do try and put all that into whatever I make. And some of the stuff I make is pretty well, uh, well done. But then some of the stuff I make is absolutely crap. <laughs> but it's all trial and error. Yeah, it's all trial sushi. Yeah, it's sushi. Oh no, I see fish. No, fish no, is just fish. Oh, no, no. I wish I, I really wish I could, but you like fish. No, no. I'm not into fish in a big way myself, but I quite like some of the sushi. It's quite, <laughs> quite nice. Uh, so you started your own club, mm-hmm. and at that point, you were saying uh, your wife. Yeah. She was giving you the inspiration to kind of start oh, yeah, it. Definitely. And yeah. Did you see did you see it as a job or did you see crack as a way of life? Like how how did you see it? No, I never seen it as a job, but I never I never started well, when I started I wanted to improve myself right enough. I never realised it would be a job one day and I don't I don't really think it's a job for me. I think it's I do what I love and I love what I do. Mm-hmm. I mean if there's no money in it, like just now like it's, it's my living, it's Chrissy's living, you know what I mean? Like, I've brought my daughter on board as well, and like Terry. Uh, but I don't, I don't see it as a... Maybe that's, that's a bit of a feeling in me. I, I won't want too much, you know what I mean? Like, it's, no, it's not just a, a job, it's not just for the money. It's just trying to inspire people to make us all better. Well, give them confidence, give them... Give them... Uh, a way of living that's more healthy for them, you know what I mean? Like in this day and age with the mental things that's going about and the physical things that are going about, mm-hmm. trying to improve people and trying to make, but some people, some people don't want it. It's a bit, a bit too much for them, like discipline. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's what you get people coming in saying to you, like, I want my kid to be more disciplined. So you try and sort of go in that way, but some, some kids are, they don't want discipline, there's too much of the, uh, mobile phones mm. and uh, tablets and <laughs> uh, we are moving into well, we are in a digital age. Right so. enough, I've I've got I've got the uh, I've got this stuff as well, you know, <laughs> the, the Beat Saber and all that. All right. <laughs> you have to. I got with the, I got with the, the grandkids on on uh, on the stuff. But no, that's that's great, they do that. But I mean, ah, you're you're right. There is, I mean, you're passionate about it. You've dedicated your life to it. So, and the fact that you share it. Well, as you, you do, you teach it, and you you preach everything you learn, and you do try and make it make it work for our people, and you try and make them feel better. Like, say, there is a lot of mental health issues right now. Yeah. And there is a lot of physical health issues as well. And when people go to clubs like yourself, they do get the help and the support they need. And well, that is just letting off steam. Yeah. I mean, you're throwing punches. You will. You all let off a lot of steam, and maybe that's sometimes what all people need to do, and they will yeah. feel a lot better after it. So, you just getting rid of the stress. What we tell them is, leave your, leave your stuff at the door. Mm-hmm. I mean, leave all your worries and whatever. Come in and just enjoy yourself and let yourself go, and you know, make you feel better. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Do you meditate or anything? Yeah. Do you do it? What is meditation? Meditation is like. 
it's no, a lot of people think you meditate and then you're going to fall asleep. No, you meditate to try and get yourself calmer. It's a lot to do with your breathing as well, because you, you've got two sides to your brain. You've got a parasympathetic side and then you've got a sympathetic side. Parasympathetic side is where you're doing rest, digest, and that, that, that's just that's kind of relaxing place you want to be. Then you've got the other side where it's, you get yourself going, you know, you breathe. <laughs> That's, that's the sympathetic side, so you don't want to be in there because that gives you the stress, the, maybe inflammation, maybe that. So you, you try and calm yourself down, and it's more in the breathing than anything. So if anyone who is kind of struggling with like mental health problems, then like yeah, I would say that advice, yeah, get get breathing. It's, a, it's kind of lost that people's forgot about. Like, how do you breathe? You go, I breathe, I breathe in and out. But there's a lot more to it than that. You mm. try every day, like, you had the Wim Hof. No, what's that? No, Wim Hof. He's, he's a kind of Dutch boy. Oh, is that uh, person? He's <laughs> a person. Wim, 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 I said, what's Wim that? Hof. What's that? <laughs> Wim Hof, he's, he's got a, a method he does that brings a stress to you. you never seen him in nice nice man, you cry him. No? I don't think so, no. You need to Google him. Wim Hof? Wim. 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 Wim Hof. Quite an interesting guy. Yeah. You see him going in the cold water and that's how he gets his body done to breathing and can relieve all the stress and all that kind of thing. And do you feel after doing a bit of meditation, do you feel that you're clear? You're more... I, I, th I think, yeah, for so long and then and you've got to... You've always got something in your mind, you know what I mean, that pitches... No, no stressful positions, but... There's always something that's gonna, what would you say, distract you. So mm -hmm. you, the secret is not to distract if you can, because you're, you know yourself, like, your mind will wander. So that's you've got to bring yourself back to your breathing. And that's relax yourself. Ah, I do actually know exactly what you're talking about. It's, you explained it really well there, and like I said, a lot. That's where a lot of people think burst out in the anger. Yeah, is because they haven't assessed it properly. Yeah. And that one wee bit instant regret, just deciding something in the snap, yeah, and then it's the backlash of everything that's happened after that. And so I like to say, just try and stay calm. Like my, I've said in the last episode, my thing's walking. When I'm walking is good for I, when, yeah, when, definitely. When I need to let out a bit of steam, I walk. Whether it's walking fast or walking slow. By the time I get back in, everything I was angry about or upset about is away. Yeah. And it is, it's, it's therapeutic, it's brilliant. Therapeutic is, is the word you use because mm -hmm. walking is really good. Plus, you, you're breathing when you're walking as well. You sort of combine all these things in together and it, and it calms you down. And you, you want to be in the calm state as much as you can. Mm. You do get advice for yourself. You're quite a calm, soft spoken person. I, I, do, I do think that. I do see that, like even just sitting where you feel calm. I don't try, I try, I try and think things out before I say it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not one of these guys that'll just jump down your throat. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll let you have your your saying, that, and then I'll go away and think about it, and then if I get something to say, I'll, I'll come back and say it to you. Because there's no point in you say like somebody says something, you get upset, and getting upset just makes you upset, you know, I mean, picture in a bad place, you don't want to be in a bad place all the time, you want to be in a good place all the time, being able to get going with people, you know, and forget about maybe past things too, you know. Well, that's the thing, I mean, like you say it, once you say it, 
That's it, it's out there. Life's too short now to, to have enemies or be bad place, you know. I mean, mm -hmm. you, you might you might be you might well, I might be remembered as somebody that's been help people, you know what I mean? Instead of like somebody behind your back going, ah, look at him, you know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about, you know? I mean, you're definitely an inspiration for Kilmarnock. You have done a lot for people come on MD who knows anything about martial arts or anything knows you in this area. And we've all got to talk about some of the things you've done mm -hmm. uh, and the recognition you've got for it. And it is, it is great. So we'll go back to Kratty. Right. So... How often did you train a week? Oh, for God's sake. At the beginning, I went... At the beginning, I was once, then... Oh, I was there. The classes at that time, the key Sam, I think, were Monday, Wednesday, Saturday. And then a Tuesday, I went as well. Then a Thursday, I went as well. <laughs> <laughs> did, did, it, did it come obsessive? Oh, did, yeah, yeah definitely. At, at that time, there wasn't many people training... Maybe, maybe, let's say 15, 20 at that time. There wasn't any kids at that time as well. Well, I was there. I was there a kid and I was there an adult. I was like in between that. But then all of a sudden, the Bruce Lee era came along. Oh, it just exploded. Oh, the Kung Fu movies? Yeah, Kung Fu movies. And there was people everywhere, everywhere. And then the key sign I told me, a wee satellite club up in New Farm. And I went and I done the wee satellite club. And that's how I, I really started getting into uh, teaching at that time. What do you mean by satellite club? What's... Well, there's too many people for the Sakai. Ah, uh, no, right, Sakai, right. the Kisan, right? I mean, so it outgrown itself, really. There was no space. So it says, we'll get a wee place up in your farm. Who wants to take it? Right. I'll take it. Aye. So that's how I, I got really into the, the side uh, teaching. Right. That's right. Were you nervous at first, were you? Aye. 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 Nervous. I'm, I'm, I'm always kind of nervous. I think if I'm no nervous, I'm not going to be, be pretty good, you know what I mean? Like, you right. say I'm kind of calm, but down below, I'm, I'm, I'm always a wee bit, a wee bit nervous. Right. Watch what I'm doing. I like being nervous. Right. Gives you the best. It brings the best out in you if, you if you're a bit nervous. So since starting Cry to now, mm -hmm. are you still training every day? I try and train every every day if I can. My my thing when I get up out of bed is like you said about breathing. As soon as I wake up, I try and breathe. I do that kind of one off thing where you, you take it. It's, it's about thirty breaths three times. You know what I mean, and then you do thirty thirty breaths three times. And then you relax a wee bit. Then then you go again, and then I get my bed. I'll get my get my drink of water first, and then I'll try and do some exercise and all my shower, and then that's my day set up. Mm -hmm. But karate wise, uh, I try and do it as much as I can. But the new that COVID got me. You know what I mean? I'm oh, kinda, right. I've got so they tell me anyway. I've got long COVID, so. My balance is a wee bit, but I still still do my my teaching and I join in. And then when I'm no phone or other place, then I'll I'll join in. You know what I mean? <laughs> still got your leg high. Still got my leg high. Why <laughs> six foot two? Oh, I could kick you in the head. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. 
So you obviously you've competed in a lot of competitions. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. I, I I tried to look for the number, uh, but I genuinely I couldn't uh, <coughs> I couldn't find it. The funny about that as well. Like, I never really used to like fighting. You know what I mean? I was kind of. But then. I said, I'm not bad at this. So then I, I kept it going and kept it going. And then, uh, wee story I was telling you about your dad. At the beginning, it was karate, karate. And then a wee bit of kickboxing came in, like Muay Thai, kickboxing. Your dad says, I, I said to him, I'll have a wee spa, you know what I mean? So we got the gloves on. Your dad battled me. He <laughs> <laughs> battled me that much, I went to him, you know what I mean? My missus came to the door and trapped the door and seen me and I took black eyes like that. And I said, that, that was your dad. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think he could do that now. He's, no, he's, his legs are all busted. He's been out there dancing now. <laughs> ah, yes, yeah, he's his ballroom. <laughs> <laughs> he swings his hips and airways now. <laughs> but no, so, um, so I, I couldn't find every competition you've done I, I've fun a lot but I couldn't count the number there's that many there's, yeah. but the, obviously the one that stood out was you getting gold um, at the Euros and the World yeah so how, how did well obviously there's a government body yeah for, at, that, at, that, at the time uh, it was kind of sparse by the time I came in the scene, what, 69 I started, 70, 71, 72 I started sort of dabble and do a wee bit of competition, there wasn't many competitions, 73 the Scottish team won the Europeans, I heard about that so I said I'm going to try for that, so I'd been there as I said the key sign but when I went to the Kobe then it was, it was, it was a different ball game altogether and proved that much that Tommy says, go to the team pools, see how you're going. So I went to team pools, I go, all right. And then all of a sudden I get picked for the Scottish team in 74. And I went for my first international, it was Scotland, England, Wales, and I think it was an American team there at the time. And the coach picked me in to the fight. And I this Billy Higgins, he won the Europeans, I never knew this, he won the Europeans. Hamish, Hamish Adam, you probably heard the image. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Hamish. Hamish goes, watch his sweep. I said, I'll be all right. And he just fell like me. Weaked up in there. Boom. That was me by. First international. She <laughs> <laughs> was that. He says, that was Bill Higgins. He says, who's he? He won the Europeans the year before. I said, oh, okay, right. <laughs> so that was me. And then 75. 75, I went to my first Europeans and... Ostend, and we got a third place in the team, and the individuals I got to the semi-final, and I get beat, then I get beat for third place, and then all of a sudden I get selected for the, the British team to go to the World Championships in Long Beach, I said, oh great, I mean, so, that was my first real big, big, big one, and the, the team actually won when they went there for the first time. So that was... And that was representing the UK? GBI. GB. Yeah. So, obviously, you mentioned there about your couple of defeats. Yeah. But it never, never no. slowed you down, just no. mere never fuel for the fire? Yeah, mere fuel for the fire. Because, yeah. as I say, 
as you say, uh, I was dedicated or infatuated by it. I just wanted to. It wasn't just the competition; it was the side of the, the training, the discipline, and getting your mind, your body working, getting everything just just puts you in a, a nice place. You know what I mean? Like it's. So if we it's hard to explain. I know. When you finally got your gold, yeah. what was going through your head at that point then? The European one. I will start with the Euros and we'll go to the world. <laughs> <laughs> Europeans. Uh, at the end, of it, when, I, when I won it, I was sort of, what happened, you know? Like, you get out the top sports and something, they did that, and they think, what have I done, you know what I mean? Like, it was a kind of, no humbling, but kind of, if I done, if I really done that, I'm going. When I get him, they'll be full weight and get me the training. Or, but I just walked him and I went and Mrs. Mrs. goes, what happened to you? <laughs> <laughs> so I just won the Europeans. Because at that time, we never had the mobile phones and oh, that's good, I never had a phone. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I just won the Europeans. All right. Yeah. Was that in the paper? In the stand-up. Uh-huh. Yeah, I got in the stand-up. Uh-huh. And what about go, uh, the world's then? Was that, obviously the World Championship is a bigger platform? Bigger platform, yeah. Uh, at that time, when Ticky Donovan took over, he was the new coach, well, the coach, he made the team up and we actually went pre-training three weeks before the event to Pattaya, Thailand. Right. Two weeks were there and then we went to Taiwan and it was excellent. Just the way he he done it. That was, he was he was the mainstay. Yeah, how we won, how we trained, and we just won any problem. Mm-hmm. Individually, individually, I got to the semi final in that one. And I was that I always forget to the final, and I, I just made a mistake, and the guy beat me. Then <laughs> I get fight for third place, and. I went to first place, so I get beat for third place, but eh, it was it was good. But it wasn't a team event, and that's the main main thing. Oh, yeah, definitely. It says, but taking part, taking part, taking yeah. part. But um, so, <clears throat> did you have your club at that time? Yeah. So, when you went back, did your was that more? Did that help? Kind of bring your club yeah, up with the help, helping out away because. Uh, there was me and Pat Mackay at that time went to the Worlds, so Pat got selected as well. Pat actually won the individual at that time, and Pat was part of my my group at that time. And aye, it went up a wee bit, I would think. Mm-hmm. It never exploded, but it, it definitely helped getting the exposure that we had won a World Championship, especially two guys to come out within the team. Mm-hmm. I mean, so it was, it was a big, a big... Uh, inspiration for some people, for the guys that were in the club, and oh, they were they were up for it. You know I mean? Where are you fought in the world? You fought, I'm soon ruining the world. But where have I been? Where have you fought? Aye. World championships are just no. Aye, what countries you fought oh, in? For God's sake! <laughs> Show your map. France, Spain, Portugal, Belgium, Holland, Romania, Russia. Japan, Taiwan, 
fun month. America. America. America, Finland. Oh, Jesus. Italy. Right, see. What about Scotland? Scotland. <laughs> I'll, tell, I'll tell you what, I, I won the Europeans. I won the Europeans before I won the Scottish Championships. That's how hard it was in the Scottish Championships. Really? Yeah. Was there a, a big sort of interest in Scotland? Yeah. Yeah. Especially competition side at that time it was it was as I said to you like the Bruce Lee period I think brought a lot of people out and we never had any any kids one or two kids but not nothing drastic with kids you know what mm. I mean but adult wise well, it was it was buzzing and if you went to a competition down in England you, you could maybe be there to midnight before you get back up the road because there's that many people there fighting mm-hmm. so Obviously, you've competed in the Euros and the world yeah. uh, yourself, but then you've coached yeah. teams. So when did you start coaching? Well, I retired for competition about 83 was my last one. So, no, 84. 84, I retired in 84. And we won the European team that year as well, and I was second in the So I fancied going on to the World Championships that time but then I decided to come out while I was still fighting up at kind of top then 84 85 about 87 I get back in and I actually did another 21 team and I'd done that for a few years coaching them for a wee bit of success with them and then through time I'd done the, the national team so and for about 86 I was I've been involved and then I re, I retired for that and then I got asked to come back in again so I'm still in there doing a wee bit for the national team as well. So So when you were first asked how how did you respond with that? Was it a were you No oh, resounding yes. I wanted to uh, try and help give back for all the countries I'd been to because at that time you, you paid some money, but, but a lot of the money came from the government body to to finance you to go to these places. So I wanted to give something back that I got to other people to see if they could emulate what or as all other guys done, mm-hmm. look, look, represent Scotland, because there's nothing better than representing your country. Well, if I could, I would, but <laughs> that's my yeah. problem. I, I've no... I've not stuck at something for long enough. And it does it the, the older I get, the more it beats me up, honestly. And I wish I could. Like, I don't I came to cry for a wee while, but I just I just wish I just stuck at something. See, that's, that's, that's what you get. You, you find people, like, I get people come to the club and says, You used to treat my grandpa, didn't you? I says, Who's your grandpa? Oh, he's. Jimmy, I says, oh, I, I, I remember, I remember him. Yeah. <laughs> but then you meet the, the grandpa and he says, I wish I had stuck it, you know what I mean? That's that's what they come, they always come back with, I wish I, I right. could have, I would have, I, I should have, but I, I packed it in, but uh, you get them. But you, like, so yourself, you're the, the face of what happens when you can, and when you do stick to something, what you, what you can achieve with it, and like I says, it is, it's an inspiration. Um, 
and like I says, anybody listening who is thinking about starting something or going back to something, Aye, going back to something, yeah, do it yeah. because, like says, you says, you could go, you could go places with it. Of course, you can. There's, there's other sides to the karate other than just doing competitions. You've got the refereeing side, you've got the coaching side, you've got the uh, helping out. I mean, so there's, it's like every other sport. You, you've got diversions that you could actually do. Like, you don't just have to be fighting in the competition. Mm-hmm. Like, professional football players, they do other stuff as well. They're a bit of coaching, they're a bit of freelancing, they're a bit of commenting. I mean, so there's always a side to, to sport, not just doing the physical stuff, mm-hmm. which I think is pretty good. Mm-hmm. So your club Sakai Krati. Yeah. Um where 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 did your your first um unit well dojo? Right. Where was it? Uh, once I left uh, the Kobe. Right, we were in the for the Kobe I was in uh Art Guild Hall Grand Hall complex. Right. Mm-hmm. So once I left left them as I said to you, I were in a, done a Saturday club there and I, and I didn't have thought it with Tommy, but I wanted to move on, as I say, I, Janet was telling me, like, move on and do your own thing, you know, so. My first night was doing in the Buchanan Centre. Buchanan Centre? Who was that? See, see where Rickett and Fitler Park is? Ah, that's There's right. There's a big place aye, there. Aye. I went there for my first night and I'm going, yes. Turned up myself. <laughs> Nobody there. <laughs> Not one person. So I went the second night. Nobody. I said, oh, God, I've done the right thing here. So the next night again, Nobody. And then I said, no, I knew a guy that worked in Shanks' pottery. No? Shanks no, I don't know that, no. See, you're too young. I'm too young. Shanks' pottery is up at where, see where the college is, just up a wee bit. Mm-hmm. It was up there, Shanks's Pottery, and there was a hall connected to the Shanks's Pottery, and this guy actually says, you want to use that? And I says, aye. So then it snowballed and snowballed, and I got a wee bit busier, busier, busier. And then Shanks's shut down, and I moved down to that guild's hall again. It was up the stairs, see where the palace theatre is? Mm-hmm. There, was a, there was a hall up there, I went in there. That's the one that's up. No, it's the club. That the that behind the palace feet or actually in the palace feet. So you see where the the main road is? Mm-hmm. Gone down the palace theatre was like there, but there was a, the booking office. Came in the booking Aye. office. Right, obviously there was a hall there, so we get we get that. And then I moved from there to the to the grand hall. And that was it was there for a long time. Mm-hmm. Long, long time. That was where Probably most of the success came from was through the Grand Hall. All these guys like your partner guys, Tom Burnsies, Michael Coulters, or them, you know what I mean? Even like Chris, when he was a wee boy, that, that's, that's where we got our success for. It's probably there. Right, and then uh, we got the chance to move up to St. Joseph's, St. Andrews. We moved mm-hmm. up there. We stayed there for quite a long time. And then the opportunity to go to Cricket Home, a full-time place, because at that time, I was travelling a bit in Kilmarnock, Ayr, Irvine, Stewart, Cumnock, 
everywhere dictating you can a satellite clubs as well then there's the opportunity to open Lorraine full time place in Kilmarnock and we went to Cougar Home get the whole community centre mm-hmm. and we just went for there mm-hmm. we've been there about seven or eight years did you date all yourself or did you get any no, I mean help Chris, support? I mean Chris. I know, I mean, like, building your club, like, it's a funding, was it all just yourself? All myself, Aye. yeah. Oh, that's great. I, I've been up to the dojo, I've seen it. Yeah, it's nice. Aye. That is nice, but it's, it's good that you've got your own place now. It's a good full-time place, because you only get Johnny's hunting you and putting mm-hmm. lights at you and all that. Oh. So, so I'm the Johnny up at the lights. <laughs> so, like, sir, you just mentioned your uh, boy Chris here. Yeah. Um... Obviously, you you got your son and daughter into the karate. Yeah. Well, my son and two daughters. Two daughters. Sorry, I've, sorry. I've got, I've got the other daughter out in Australia, and she she was pretty successful as well. She got a second in the worlds and a third in Europeans, so she's so pretty you, handy as well. When you brought them into yeah that life, how did were they, were they happy with it first, or were they fighting with you? Like, no, oh, I don't want ideas. Do I want to fighting something? Fighting something. The way to go. Uh, no, but the my missus, she was always the one. It was this kind of receptionist, secretary. She she was a sort of she was in charge. She didn't know the kind of background stuff, and the kids came with us mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. And so always around it, they always saw. Yeah, so they came and they sat about, or they went in and played at the swings and done that. But they were they were always around about the cry. But then they they sort of. Got a wee bit of love for it as well. Kirsty was a bit, <laughs> she, she was a bit more hard working, but Chris and Terry were, were no problems. So when they started getting good at it and they started winning yeah. the competitions themselves, how how, one, how did it feel to be one, a teacher and two, a dad? Did you feel a bit of proud, oh, proud, uh, pride? Yeah, definitely. Pride, pride and. What, what would you say? Pride, but. They inspired me as well, you know what I mean? That they, they carried on the, I'm not saying the tradition, but carried on and successful. Mm-hmm. It's a bit of pressure on them to be successful when you've got, what did you say, like, I've done a lot, so you've got a lot to sort of work on. I don't know if the pressure was on them as well, but they done well, considering the pressure. That's great that they're carrying on the legacy, because obviously it's, it's a it's a staple. It's 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 here, and everyone knows you from it. So the fact that they're carrying it on, it must be a good feeling to know it is right. in safe hands. And well, hopefully when I when I go, it's still going to be in a lot of years' time. I mean that's nearly well, nearly fifty years it's been going. So it's not just yet fifty, but I want to try and. Keep it, keep it going if we can get it. Keeping it going, oh, definitely. Like, like Chris will keep it going. Terry, cursing know for a fact in Australia. I wish you would open one in Australia, but <laughs> a satellite, so I could go and Mister International. <laughs> <laughs> I could go there, uh, but no, no. I would like the legacy to keep going for as long as it would be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. So, Lisa, obviously, it's, as time's going on, people are more aware. A different martial arts, Aye, yeah. um, and they learn different disciplines, different things. Do you incorporate that into your club, or is it just solely uh, karate? I think there's enough in karate to keep them 
occupy, you know, I mean, we do, most of them we do judo, but we've got throws and karate that, that if you do any fighting, uh, we don't do groundwork like the jiu-jitsu does, but all the martial arts are fantastic for what we're talking at the beginning, like your confidence, this and that, it doesn't matter if it's jiu-jitsu, taekwondo, karate, I mean, they've all got something to, to give you that in life to be better, definitely. All martial arts. Ah, I like jiu-jitsu. I would love to have done, or say to me, but the guy with the book with jiu-jitsu, I love done jiu-jitsu, judo, but there's enough going in karate, like your, your training-wise or that, that will keep you occupied. Right. So when obviously when people join martial arts, should they, they now I know right now there's a big following for cage fighting mm. and they are brutal, oh, <laughs> they're, yeah. they're brutal and yeah. when you look at that and obviously these guys are they're professionally trained, they are yeah. incredible at their own sport but the mentality is it's, it's quite violent, it oh, is really it's, violent. It's brutal. Do you think that because like, like says, we're, we're on a digital age now where everybody's got a phone, everybody's got a tablet and you can watch these videos and that might inspire somebody to go, well, I'm going to go and start that because I want to be able to mm-hmm. fight like that. But should you, should you be going into a martial art thinking about causing damage or should you just, should it more be more about discipline and learning defence? Uh, I think if that's the way you're inclined to go, then I would say go for it, you know what I mean? But for martial arts... I, I like the control, like, let's say I, I, I punch you, okay, I've had my injuries as well, but in, in theory, we're not trying to hurt each other, we're, we're trying to cohabitate and co-help each other, and if I batter you, then, like, your dad battered me, you know what I mean, so, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm only joking, but it's control, like, you, you throw a punch as fast as you can, as hard as you can, but mm-hmm. then we always tell them you have to control it. It's, it's mm-hmm. not a point in the It's too easy to hit somebody. Mm-hmm. It's too easy to hurt somebody. That's the thing. They'll say one yeah. punch. It can... One punch. One punch can... You, you've seen it in the street that one punch, somebody hits somebody and they kill them. Mm-hmm. I mean, so... I, I'll, I'm not saying I like the, the cage fighting, but it's, it's got its place. If people want to do it, then... Carry on. It's like boxing, but carry on that I mean but for me it's all about the control and the discipline I'm not saying these guys have no got discipline they, they've got the the hearts of lions and mm-hmm. they fight their, their heart out but is it done to money is it done to this is it done to egos is it done to anything else but I mean, that's what you're it, getting you're getting guys on YouTube now yeah, going, I, going to I fight. fight I want to fight Floyd Mayweather, whoever, and Tyson Fury, uh, and this kid, you know what I mean? Okay. They're getting millions. It's, millions, yeah. That's what it is. It's just, it's all about selling stuff, isn't it? It's just, yeah. everyone's marketing. Everyone's marketing. Um, so you've, I mean, you must have told over a thousand people. I don't think so. You've not got a name, you've not got a name, I'll to go order. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I've got... Somebody, as I said, the wee guys come in and they go, you talk to my grandpa, and then somebody comes in again and says, you used to teach me when I was, like, 
knee high to a grasshopper and I look at them and I go, are you thingy? Aye. I've got, I've got a wee memory I can remember. Mm-hmm. Put your name, uh, tell me their name or so I remember you. Yeah. Right. So, for folk, what, what, can, what can people learn at your club? Just a, just a wee boy or a wee lassie just walking in, what, what, could they, what could they learn? Well, first, to listen, observe and learn. So you have to listen first, but the days are all other places. You know, if you can get them to listen and give them a wee bit of fun, but no fun fun, but fun in a karate way, like they can pick up a wee bit, show them a wee punch, give them a wee bit of games, not all games, but a wee bit. And the parents are always, you have to get them disciplined, you have to get them, they don't sit down for five minutes and the, but. If you, if you can get them to sort of calm down and listen to you a wee bit, that's, that's the main thing. Mm-hmm. I would say anyway. Yeah. So you you have got a Facebook page for the club. Yeah. Uh, was it just Sakai Karate Sakai Karate Dojo. Dojo. That's our main one. Mm-hmm. So I mean, if anybody is listening, why to get involved yeah. in it or their kids involved, not. just Facebook. And we've got a website, sakaikaratedojo.co.uk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can always get in contact. My number's there, or send a wee, a wee message on the, the digital thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, obviously, through your achievements in karate, yeah, you were then nominated to carry the Olympic torch. Yeah, that was that was mainly. I think my daughter, my daughter Terry, put my name forward. And does it go then? Does it go to a vote? How, how does I think it go? Goes to a, a vote or a. I'm not sure how it, how it does, but you have to like, nominate somebody, but you obviously can't you nominate yourself. So I think she nominated me and I gave it through a process and came back to me and said, and funny enough, see you, see where you stay, see the front gate. Mm-hmm. I run for there, down to Pickett's Garage. Right. I'm saying that's, that's inspirational because I was born in Rickerton. Mm-hmm. And I stayed in Shortleys. So I went for Shortleys to Rickerton. And you've just basically tell it where I stay. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, that's good. Cut so, that, cut that. <laughs> so, like, so when you, when you, when you were doing it, yeah. Andrew's eyes were on you because, I mean, it was on BBC. <laughs> Full World was watching because it was the Olympic talk. So, uh, uh, so, just. I, like oh, I, like, I like jog, I like jog, but... Ah, see, we were on a bus, the pit was on the bus, like, whoever, and then they take you and they drop you off, and they take you and drop you off to get your bit, you know what I mean? Right. So, the guy that was running, he he came and he lit my torch, you know what I mean? And the guy that was sort of trying to shuffle you along, going, hurry up, hurry up, I said, no, no, no. <laughs> I want to hang me, I want to... Savorless, you know what I mean? And he's going, you go a wee bit faster. I said, no. Just, as you say, jogging. Does that soak it in? Embrace it? It was your moment. It was your moment. So, like, so when you, when you were nominated, then you you got the part. What what were you thinking then? Like, this is obviously the Olympics. This is, what was it, 2012? 2012. 2012, aye. 2012 Olympics. So, you must have been just feeling... Oh, really right. good at that yeah. point, just... Yeah, definitely, it was... Here's in the back of my neck list, and nothing I was doing it, you know, I mean, you had the, the white suit on, like, 
That's torture. Oh, aye, was... There were four people, weren't there, for, for Kilmarnock? Warriors, aye. 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 Warriors. Then they put the mural up in the, the town, just at the, the bridge, and then somebody paid the hour. Aye, I saw that. <laughs> I saw that, and nobody was really happy about it. No. But... No, then COVID came in, and it just went... I just died then. Because it was going to put it back up, and nah, then it just all fell by the wayside. Just when you mentioned COVID, how how was that for your club? Oh, it was a bit devastating, devastating. But it's just as well, we went on Zoom, which is not the best sort of platform to go on. Uh, we were doing well. We counted it out over the, the time period. I think we'd done about a thousand classes on Zoom. And more or less with Chris, Chris, I was in the background sort of pushing him because he was, I said, no, we've got to go in. If you want to keep this club going, you want to keep it safe, you want to keep it going for the future, you have to do this. Mm -hmm. It was a bit of a fight to, to get it going, but if we'd uh, sat back and just sat down this as a, because a lot of clubs fold it in Scotland because of it. Mm -hmm. Not just karate, but a lot, a lot of people fold it and but we kept it going and then once we came out of COVID, we built it back up. It's not it's not actually built up to where it was pre-COVID, but we're back up there, but mm -hmm. COVID was horrible. Did you feel like you were left in the dark with a lot of the, a lot of the decisions? And what was it? You were on the, when was it? Was it June, July? You can make it up with three different, no, was it two households? So you, you couldn't you couldn't function as a club at that point then it was yeah no couldn't couldn't go to the club uh, couldn't couldn't mix with the grandkids couldn't couldn't even see my missus and, and care you know for about two years it was that was that was more devastating than mm. the cry the is important but relationships are more important with what the cry was and I, mm. I couldn't see her for about two years and I couldn't see Chris and the men you could maybe out for a walk and you see them you know everybody else i'm not trying to say like anything special but it's how a lot of people have oh i mean it's your life it's oh, it's everybody's life that yeah. life was sort of putting put in a hole mm -hmm. and it wasn't fair to, mm -hmm. and like says you see down in london of yeah they're all having their party scandals and but it is like says, we're all we're just the ones that suffer at the end of the day oh, and oh, the honest people a lot are doing everything that's right and then you've got all these other people that are not doing it right, so nah, they've got to live with it, and that's, that's up to them, you know. I mean, as long as we do the right thing, then nobody can say anything about you. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, a year after you ran the Olympic torch, yeah, you were then awarded an MBE. Yeah, no, that's, that's not just a, just a playing gate you're given. No, no, I'm not saying that. But but I don't I don't mean that. I'm, I'm just. But I never knew this until just not long ago. Actually, that Chris was the one that was pushing it and pushing it, and it took about, about three years, four years. Oh really? Aye, it was that long. Because it just wasn't even a letter in saying uh, my dad wants an MBE because he's he's this. You you have to you have to put letters in the nominations for people that you have to get somebody to write a letter for you, you have to get this other person to verify it, then they check up on you and then they do this and then they do that and it's 
Eller vi sier ja. Det er med hvem som er det du har. Jeg sier jeg var inn da. Jeg sier jeg var inn da. Jeg sier jeg tar et form og sånn. Jeg mener, hun sier jeg var inn i meg opp. Nei. Men da kom vi til å lære. Jeg står godt da, jeg står godt da. Ja, ja. Jeg står godt da. Jeg står godt da. Det var fint for det. En vei til å gå til. Vi went to Buckingham Palace. That was a great day as well. Saw some pictures. I saw you meeting Andy Murray. Aye, Andy. Went. Oh, it's Chris. Was hey, that? Andy. Come on, give me, give us a photo, Andy. He says, I'm, I'm gone here. And he says, No, come on. <laughs> <laughs> but that day as well, like, we met him. He was going to come with the kilter, like, like myself, but they bring him for a drug test. Really? Aye. And the same morning, aye. And he was rushing to get to get to the to the palace. Aye. So how did they, do you have to make your own way to London? Aye, Aye. so it's having, yeah. oh. You um, have to do your own way and get your hotel. And, right. But but would have been a proud moment for you and the family, Aye, 100%. And brilliant. You walked into that palace and I was walking with my mouth open. You know, <laughs> all these portraits, all these paintings, and then they take you here and they take you there. Oh, it was beautifully done, you know what I mean? It was, Who was it? Was it the Queen herself that awarded it? I got the first one with William. When oh. William came on the scene, right. that was his very first one. There you go. Yeah. And what they tell you, they give you a sort of talk at the beginning and they go, you don't shake his hand. I'm going, right, you don't shake his hand, you don't shake his hand, because he talks to you, I mean, it's just don't like what he sounds like that. Who does that day? <laughs> Straight out of the horn. Kia! And then he used to tell me, he's like, he done judo when he was a wee boy and this and that. And I was quite good, you know what I mean? What? How are you going to be cracking that? It's quite. They, obviously, you see them on the news, but it's like somebody who's actually met them. Are they, are they nice? Do, do, aye, aye. He was, he was nice. Aye. Well, I only got about a minute and a half to hang them, but then he, he can, when I put my, my horn out, he can have a time. <laughs> Just takes a guy for Kelly, doesn't it? <laughs> but no, it must have been great. So who it was your wife, uh, Chris? Yeah, Terry. Terry, Terry the, the I wanted to bring the daughter for Australia, but you're not allowed three right. at, the, at the ceremony. So uh, it was a, a brilliant day. Good day. Oh, definitely. So, so, it was a real surprise when Chris showed me the stuff. He did a pair of things like this for what you had written and what you had done, so... Do you think, for what you've been talking about, there is a lot of love between, like, see, your, your family oh, and you, family, and, and they obviously recognise everything you've done for them, and they're trying to give that back, and it is amazing to see. Um, but you must, you, obviously, they're, they're following in your footsteps, they are, they yeah. are, and you must feel <coughs> like you've, you've obviously done well as a dad. Yeah, I've, I've tried to be, my missus was always a disciplinarian and I was always, you know, I, I calm down a wee bit, you know what I mean? <laughs> Chris is like, like his mum, you know what I mean? Quick tempered, my big daughter's like the mum, she's a wee bit quick tempered. Terry, she's, she's more gentle, like myself, like my mother was. My mother was a, a gentle soul as well, my father's a bit of but that, but no. no they've all got their own wee sort of traits, but... I love my bits, you know. Mm. I know I love my grandmains. Terry's got three, and Chris's got three, and Chris's got two, and 
five of them are here at the karate, so they, they're carrying on oh, right. the tradition as well, you know what I mean? Oh, so they've got five grandmas training too, which is brilliant. That's what keeps me going too, that's what keeps me, me young. You know what I mean? Absolutely brilliant. So then, uh, 26 year, uh, 26 year. <laughs> <laughs> 26 years, sorry, in 26... I thought you were saying that was my age. No. <laughs> I don't know why I said 26 years. In 2016, 2016, that's what I was meant to say. Right. You were inducted into the... Oh, the Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. Thing. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that there, you must have just thought to yourself, right, this is it. I'm, I've, I've, your, your career's it's went on years vast, you've achieved so much. And then eventually you've been inducted into the Hall of Fame. Must have just been. Oh, it's another big surprise as well. You know what I mean? Like, I think it was was it Chris again that sort of nominated me for that, and then you go through a you can process, eh? and it was really. Mm-hmm. Where where was the ceremony? Was it? It was done in the. What's the name of the place? England. England. <laughs> 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 I forget the name of the place. Where was that again? So was it the the UK Hall of Fame for crowd? Aye. 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 Brilliant, absolutely Aye. brilliant. It's a big magazine that, that runs it, uh, and they, I think it's every couple of years they'll, they'll induct people into the Hall of Fame. So aye. that was a good ceremony as well. Mm-hmm. But you're not driven by. You can tell. You're not driven by the awards. You're driven no. by your own teachings and your own discipline. A lot of the times people would go to me, will you sign a letter for me and put MB on it? Well, <laughs> some kind of... I don't like shouting about it, you know. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's a great achievement and you deserve it. You really do deserve it. Um, so, one thing I've always... <clears throat> one thing I've always put a day on any episode that I do is talk about music. Music, yeah. I'm a big music. lover of music. Um, for, uh, Robert Johnson to the 1920s, yeah. all the way up. Well, try and, I try and listen to kind of more current stuff, but I do try. Uh, but sometimes that is hard, but I've always felt that music does inspire you and there's always songs out there that get you, whether it's giving you a bit of motivation, helping you through a rough time, but... Is there any song out there that you're obsessed with throughout the years and it's kind of stuck with you? Uh, Led Zeppelin, right. Stairway to Heaven. Oh, I love, I love that. That's uh, brilliant. I, I like the Beatles, I like uh, the Rolling Stones, I like the Bee Gees because my missus was daft in the Bee Gees and I, I like listening to the Bee Gees. Uh, anything that's soothing to the ear, I, I like. I even like like uh, <coughs> sometimes Mantovani or or the kind of thing. You know, and it's sort of nice. But I, I felt a lovely music once my missus was diagnosed with dementia. I went into a kind of kind of dark place. It just it didn't, it just didn't appeal to me. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I was caring for her and did this and that. But then I used to play the music for her, like the Bee Gees and that. I brought me out it, you know. So mm-hmm. I the B the BGs. But Stay with the Heavens probably my wouldn't say my biggest favourite, but that, that's one that sort of inspires me a wee bit, you know what I mean? Mm. That's 
I actually spoke about Stevie having a wee bit in the lab there, so it's one of my favourite songs. I absolutely uh, love Led Zeppelin. I love it. Uh, and it is a, it's a great, it's, it's a story, and like it says, oh, yeah. starts basically and just, it's just constantly building, and then the big finale, yeah. uh, the lyrics are just fantastic in it. But, uh, but honestly, David, thank you very much for coming on oh, it's been a and pleasure. speaking. It's, you've got a great story, inspirational, and you've achieved so much. Um, like it says, your club's called Sakai. Yeah. Um, would the, you're open how many nights a week? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Saturday. So if anybody is want to join, yeah, let us know. We take them for four to forever seventy. We've got somebody that's at the club. He's seventy odd, mm. and it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> That just shows you start as young as you want and if you've been before and you want to come back the door's always open for you to come back and just keep busy keep fit look after yourself do you do any classes is it just solo car do you do any kind of fitness classes in? we do fitness classes on well Chris is the fitness guy he does on Monday Wednesday Saturday Monday Wednesdays are 7pm Saturday morning eight thirty, and my daughter's got a woman only one. She does a Tuesday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, in the mornings, eight thirty. No, totally sorry, nine thirty. Nine thirty. Nine thirty. Eight thirty too early. Eight thirty too early. <laughs> Tell Chris he's changed to nine because I train that as well. Right. So. But no, if it least says. Got Facebook page, even if you just want to like and share, yeah. Sakai's Kratis uh, Facebook page, just go on. Um, I may as well give myself a wee, if you want to like my Facebook page, yeah, for talk's sake. Like page, yeah. um, if anybody else wants to like it, share it, it would be a great help. But honestly, David, thank you very much for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. As I say, I don't get a lot of invites to go to podcasts. This is my first podcast. Oh, there you go then. Well done. <laughs> well done, <laughs> <laughs> But no, thanks very much. All Good right. Job. Cheers.